It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Reader Syndicate 3.0 the next evolution of the look into counterculture that is canon. My name is Matthew, owner of Riot Seeds, and this started as a one-man mission for strain history and breeding science. Over time, it's evolved into something bigger, better, and more of a team effort. We will be joined by members of the Illuminati and other friends throughout the seasons to hear their takes on grow techniques, breeding science, strain history, and more. Our mission is to combat the narrative that corporate cannabis and seed posers are obfuscating for their own financial benefit. Welcome to the underground. We are the Syndicate. This is a bit of a tangent, although Dan, I think, touched on it somewhat. Um, Matt, what are your opinions on, like, mother care? Uh, I know it's kind of like its own topic in many ways, mm-hmm. but maybe just spend a few minutes on it. What do you mean? Like, what, what specifically? Um, how different is your approach to treating like your mothers versus like your plants that, you know, you're about to maybe flower? I mean, uh, one of the main differences is you're not, you're, you're completely training them differently. You know, you're training them for clones for the most part, as opposed to for uh, something that you're going to flower out. So you're, you're feeding it much differently. You're not feeding it the heavy PK. It's never going to bloom. Um, you can give it a nice round regimen. Um, a lot of times what I'll use the moms to do, like seed seed plant moms, is to make seeds, more seeds and clones. And that's about it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a different mindset. Yep. I mean, it, realistically, like, it's it's a lot easier to run a, a bedroom of moms for clones than it is to ever flower anything because, you know, most of the fuck-ups come in flower, right? Everybody can grow in veg pretty well for the most part. I'm curious as well. This is more the practical side of things. Like, do people give their moms like less light and stuff as well, just because they don't, you know, don't need as much? Or you know, you can. Uh, are there other things you can kind of like skimp on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could throw them under T fives and have them grow even slower, but still stay healthy. There's all there's a lot of different things you can do to to maybe re, quote unquote retard growth without without right. uh, affecting it or hurting it too much. Um, when I was yeah. running the 600 watt uh, double ended CMHs. Um, I would always run them at 300, like just half strength because it never needed to be more than that. They could stay healthy. Didn't it, They didn't eat too aggressively. That meant I didn't have to do as much training, as much cleaning, as much maintenance because that's a, that is the other side of it. Like it's constant maintenance and cleaning when you have a bunch of moms in the room. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess if we wanted at some point, we could do a little episode on like mother care. Uh, sure yeah if you guys want to see us do an episode on mother care leave a comment below and maybe maybe we'll do it even though i fucking hate grow shows <laughs> i'm still stuck on the I'm fact lucky. that you're a house and garden boy <laughs> yeah I, yeah i am i like i like house and i like that the i met the owner of house and garden us and um steve he's a dude, he, he what is it, do you know was it steve Gearder? i'm pretty sure it's the dude in san diego um who owns um, uh, he was a a the hydroponic stores down there um he owns uh 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 what was it? it's like the main hydro stores down there I, i'm totally blanking right now but he also was like the house and garden duty always hooked me up so like i don't know man I, i'm very very um i'm a little biased when it comes to house and garden because they did treat me very well no matter what but that's yeah, important that's... to me i like to be treated well by a company that i support and you know i was nobody when they were treating me well you know i still am nobody and they treat me well so it's it's kind of cool i used to buy cases of shooting powder uh, you know, that's the one product I've never used. I've never used shooting powder. Never have. Yeah, that's cool. 
It works. What is that? It's a bloom it's... booster. It'll like yeah. make oh. your flower. It's it's definitely got some PGRs of some sort in it because it makes your flowers reset bloom, and so you'll be in like week six, and you'll get a full flush of white hairs. Yeah. Whoa! So what do you what do you meant to use it for? It's, it's to shoot the... instead of root. Like it's supposed to convert the plant over from shooting to rooting or rooting to shooting. That's the idea. Yeah, gotcha. It's just to, like enhanced flowering, and so you can like up your yields like 15 percent. Bloom booster. By, like, adding a packet of powder to like a fifty gallon res once or twice. Yeah. In week six. It works. Right. Just yeah. I see. I see. Anything else on uh, veg in general? Any 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 weird stuff that comes to mind that people do that you're like, why? Um, I'll, I'll toss in one weird thing. Like a lot of people, like I'll see it in forums um, on Instagram. When people see red stems, they automatically assume it's a deficiency. But there are a lot of genetics that one of the traits is red stems. So don't assume just because you're seeing red stems that it's a deficiency because there are a lot of genetics that are red stemmed. Um, that's about it. <laughs> that's all I care to have. Yeah. I do get on every single plant regardless, so I assume it may not be genetic, but that's something to eliminate too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else from anyone local? Any any last thoughts on this before we move on to cloning? Local fell asleep. Uh, maybe his mic's not working again. Uh, that's all right. Um, Anyone else? If not, no, hand it over to Earn because so kind of similar to the germination one. Um, I think yeah, like I said earlier, Earn just does a really good job of like accounting for the things he's seen as he was learning, and also, also, Earn has actually filmed a little cloning tutorial for us, and it might be the first right. of more, maybe. Um, this one that that we will probably. Uh, release next week or something i don't know i haven't talked to matt about it oh, yeah um, yeah is specific to what uh he calls callus or what we call callus tech it has a few other names but anyway sorry that's just a way to introduce uh Ern. yeah for Ern. sure i mean like i so like um i've talked about this in a bunch of different episodes but or like a bunch of different a few different episodes but i have um tried i tried dwc and stuff and you know i've done those kind of things so I've also tried cloning that way, you know, uh, so cloners and stuff like that. Um, and like they, they work, obviously they work, you know what I'm saying? Um, but for me and my setup, I just found that, um, like the most consistent way for me to clone and like cheapest and easiest and just all around like lowest maintenance, like, and it works every time for me has been this callus tech. Um, and, you know, the way that I found out about it uh, was through um, that slow nickel on Instagram. And, and basically when you cut your clone, it goes, the end of your clone goes down and sticks out of the bottom of your cube. That's it. Um, and you just have this clean, dry area where the end of your cut, like the cut end can form a callus and heal it and like, you know, close itself up and it like, keeps bacteria and pathogens and stuff like that from getting up inside there. Uh, and it just made sense to me. Like, I was like, duh, like if I get a cut on my finger, I'm going to leave it open to air and I'm going to let it like form a scab and then it's going to heal, you know? So that was just made so much sense to me. So that's what I started doing. Um, I, I tried, I went through a bunch of different, um, I've used a ton of different like rooting hormone solutions. You know, I've used Clonex, I've used Dip and Grow, I've used the stuff they sell at Lowe's. I've sell, I, you know, whatever. I've tried it, and um, so now I've kind of settled on using Dip and Grow just because it's cheap. It's, I mean, it's super cheap. It lasts forever, and it's and it works. So I use it, um, and then I use rock wool cubes because they're cheap and easy for me to get and um that i like the way that they dry back um i think having dry backs is important for uh like it's important for clones too if you have your cubes soaking wet all the time you know it's not going to be good for the tissue so um yeah that's i don't know how i guess we can 
that you want to go. I guess we can loosely say that drybacks are useful when you are trying to pressure roots to grow, right? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that seems to be a general principle. Um, maybe this is a good point to pass it to Dan, just because, um, Dan, in your mind, what are the kind of other parameters that you should consider when you are cloning? Um, so Ern obviously like just described uh, a specific piece of tech, but what are you thinking oh. about when, when it comes to like, you know, environment? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've had two different types of setups. Like most people that are home growing are going to need to use like a variety of different humidity domes. There's like the Mondi domes, I think are the most common ones that everyone gets cause they're cheap. Um, I've actually found some cool ones on Amazon that you can get like stacking, um, height extensions for which I want to try out and just start taking like mega clones and stuff. And they're like super heavy duty plastic. So you don't like ever, uh, like I break those Mondi domes all the time. Like the edges start fraying and they can cut your hands up. And, um, same thing with like the 10, 20 trays that, um, people clone in that's 10 by 20 inches. Um, they, uh, um, they break and they rip, they have rough machined plastic edges and you can cut your fingers open all day long if you work in a clone house or a nursery. <laughs> um, but I've got a lot of opinions on this shit. Cause it was like my first longest gig was like working in, um, black market nurseries and stuff. And so, um, I've tried literally all of it, you know, like at scale. And so like, um, I personally like Clonex, I, but I do appreciate dip and grow as well. It is way cheaper and more cost effective and it's alcohol based. And so you're actually kind of cleaning up that cut edge too, um, to a certain degree and keeping that in a little more, um, you know, like fungal and bacterial free. Um, I actually really like the aero cloners, um, especially when you're just doing like big batches of single cuts. Um, it's the fastest way I've, or I mean, I've gotten root roots about the same speed in uh, peat plus as well. Um, but, um, the aero cloners are just cool, man. Like, I just think it's a cool piece of tech. They're like a massive amount of work to keep clean. Cause you have to just like gut it and bleach all the internals and, um, it's just kind of a pain to run. Um, but I had a really great success just rocking um, Protect and KLN from Dynagro. And then um, there was a while back, I can't remember what the dude's name was, but he was on IG and he's the one that taught everyone to use pool shock bleach in there. It's like the, the bleach they use for um, swimming pools and stuff. And um, it actually works really well if you have the dilution right to just keep everything really clean and um, oh you don't have to change out your water and but you, you sometimes you have to run chillers with those too because the pump makes heat and so you have to like burp the excess heat out of them like they're kind of a pain in the ass but they're cool um, but like as far as like rooting media you have like the three main options of like Grodan, Oasis Cubes or uh, peat plugs and so like Oasis I think is like a plastic type material um but uh you only see dudes from the triangle using those like that's the only time if i ever get clones from dudes in humboldt or mendocino they come in a fucking oasis cube <laughs> you use those <laughs> in san diego too i like them yeah i like them too man they're they definitely drain like free drain the most yeah. free like you know what i mean you can just tilt it on its side and that water pours right out versus like a grodan a lot of times you have to like stack a few of them and like drain the water out and then flip it and even it out um they're used but a I, lot in like traditional agriculture. Like I used them when I worked at the flower shop and stuff. And that's how I was mm -hmm. first aware of them, that they were even a product. You know? yeah. 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 And like they have their own like compositional differences. Yeah. I actually like peat plugs the most. If you have like a, what are they called? The riot? Are they, are they the root riots? Yeah. Something root like riots. Yeah, root riots. They're, they have the most airspace and like uh, that I've seen in them. And so. Shouldn't they I be sponsoring really me by now? For like, real. For real. <laughs> Um, but I like those the most. I tend to get roots faster and just like healthier, more vigorous cuts with that media for some reason. Um, but I've also noticed a massive difference in quality depending on who you get them from. And oh, so, yeah. Like, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's they're yeah. so hit or yeah, because like sometimes you open up the case and they've got like aspergillus, like blue green molds and shit growing all over them. And you're like, huh, I don't know if this was added or if it's just growing because it's like humid and sealed, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what took me to Rockwell was my local uh, hydroponic store has get, got those root riot cubes and I would get them all the time. And um, 
they started just like the shape of them. It was like there was not enough peat in the cube, like in the mold. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was like they didn't have enough stuff there. And then, well, I got one batch and I opened them up and they smelled weird. I know that's like super, but I like they smelled sour. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's not right. So I just got rid of them and then switched to Rockwell just because like I just never had that issue with them. And, you know, but yeah, I don't yeah. have like, a strong opinion on those two, you know. Yeah, Rockwell is really nice because I feel like if you get the cube saturation perfect, um, you don't have to water until roots emerge. Yeah, I don't. I don't at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then at that point, you're kind of just vegging in the tray, you know. Um, But uh, so that's how I kind of feel. Oasis cubes, you definitely have to do one to two small water additions. Like um, with those ones, I would rock like... um, Grodan, you can just put right into a, a 1020 tray and you can drain off the water or put like a, a slotted tray, um, the cube in the slotted tray and then the that one inside the, you know, no holes tray and drain off water that way. But I like to have perlite underneath the Oasis cubes um, and uh, that kind of keeps them out of that water. So when you're doing your water additions, they're not just like completely submerged. It wicks up from like a, a nice, you need a fine perlite though, not the big and chunky stuff. You need like a number four, number five. And um, so you, depending on the media, water, the watering scenario may be like drastically, drastically different. So if you're switching those up constantly and like not adjusting other parameters, that's probably why like someone may be having trouble like in their early cloning issues. Also like the cleanliness of the cuttings that you're taking. Like when you're indoor and you don't have bug issues and you're on point with your IPM, it's not really a big deal. Um, But if you're taking cuts off of like outside plants, like that actually almost fucked me recently because I had bugs that just came from the environment and almost like ruined my whole growth that I was just starting. And so it set me back like three or four weeks of like having to douse everything in sulfur and like let it grow back to healthy again. And um, Jeez. Yeah, it's so much easier to like, you can apply some like tissue culture tech that we'll get into next about like how you initiate cuttings. And so like that involves like soaking it in a mild bleach solution and then rinsing that off and putting it in. I've done that when I was trying to save um, other people's genetic collections where they had like root aphids and spider mite infestations and all that. And there was just no way to do it other than like literally (laughs) soaking the cuts in bleach before you plug them. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's bad. <laughs> um, yeah, before we we move on to the tissue culture section, I want to see if local local has any thoughts slash if his mic is working now. Um, just on cloning. Yeah, oh, yeah. My, we can. My Wi Fi kept disconnecting. Sorry, guys. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, fine. But anyways, cloning. Um, I gotta say, uh, environment and plant health you know, is really important. Um, I'm sure these guys touched a bit on that. But, um, you know, right now, for example, um, it's a new house first winter, not like a new house, but you know what I mean, like a new spot, (laughs) Um, new winter. um, And it's like, I'm getting used to the like temps of the place. um, And it's just like ambient temps are just way too cold. um, So I kind of just got to figure out how to keep warm, you know, um, the space heater makes the room too hot. So even on the low setting, so I might have to get a smaller one. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, just environment. Are you keeping warm? In the uh, winter? Yeah, I got my two cats. Nice <laughs> <jackets>. <laughs> Yeah, something I was going to throw in there, too, that local mentioned, but we didn't, I don't know if we fully touched on, but yeah, just like mom health, you know, obviously that's important, you know, the plant that you're taking the cut from should be healthy, um, well-fed, you know, like, you don't want to be taking cuts from like a, you know, a wilted plant, (laughs) you know, I mean, obviously you can and you can try, but, you know, if you start with like the most healthy plant to take cuttings from, that's going to set you up for success as well. Um, yeah, Matt, anything to add to that? No, man, mother health, everything for cloning. Um, 
And of course, like with with uh, the hops latent thyroid, you know, there's a whole bunch of other techniques um, for cloning that a lot of people have kind of started doing. And I guess that all changes on if you or hinges on if you trade clones or bring in clones from nurseries or whatnot. But that's a whole nother episode. And I think we covered that previously in another season. So definitely check out that episode, the tissue culture one that we gave you. Or HLV episode. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 HLV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, Dan, we can talk speak to well we can invite you to speak to uh one of um you know one of those topics tissue culture as we have gestured towards uh how did you want to start this one what do you think might be interesting for our listeners um i think just kind of like an overview of the process and then like some of the different techs and like phytohormones involved in the different steps that may be useful because you can do this stuff at home you know what i mean there's all kinds of like home tissue culture guys and home mycology guys that are working out of like invert like you know they're literally totes clear totes on their side you know and they uh, spray them down with alcohol and like you don't always need a hood you just have to be you know like mindful of what you're doing and like maybe you can have maybe dan yeah. just one thing here is like uh are you able to kind of like indicate like precisely which things can be done at home versus things that like are definitely not doable yeah i think i think like we'll break it down into like um three sections is how i have it kind of like broken down in my head is like there's micropropagation there's more advanced techniques like meristem culturing and like embryo rescue and a few other they're like more theoretical ones that like people don't use very often and then like how people develop SOPs. And so I think the only thing that might be more troublesome at home is like the more advanced techniques because um, you're just dealing with cleanliness and multiple transfers. Like every time you transfer something at home is like, or even in a lab, that's like when you're going to contaminate it. And so um, it's all possible to do at home though. Like I know people that have done this shit in just like garages and tents in their house. And so um, I hope yeah, you're ready I'll for DMs, like, dude. Like, dude, I hope you're ready I know, for I'm, the I'm no expert in this either. Like I did a senior year in a tissue culture lab in college and I've been like, on the outside looking in and like talking with people that are doing the research and um uh i just kind of keep up on the current topics and like the players involved um just so i'm like you know current with the times but like i don't do tissue culture for a living and so um i have a, a really close colleague that would like he would could speak to this like leaps and bounds but um i don't think he wants to like out himself or be very public um but uh the main thing that like most people are doing is just like multiplying cuts and storing genetics and so that's just micro propagation and so there's three to four main stages of that and so like your first one is just your mother plant like your ex vitro in your grow room plant and you have to take a cutting off of it right and so to try and surface sterilize that to the best of your ability you soak it in a 10 percent bleach bleach solution and you rinse that off with um sterilized water which is like something that you put through like at home it would be a pressure cooker but if you have a lab and like work with a group it'll be your autoclave which is just a fancy pressure cooker with more controls um and uh so you have to rinse that off everything has to be sterile first off so you're like you're working in a nice clean environment with no draft ideally with a laminar flow hood and you can get those i've seen them people are 3d printing them nowadays and so you can buy those on Etsy now for like 200 bucks. Um, and Wasn't I've actually to get a 3D printer. <laughs> I have a friend that does 3D printing that I work with and he's an absolute G. And so like, I kind of want to buy one and then like reverse engineer, it, <laughs> you know, and make a better, cooler one or just a bigger one for myself, you know, with the same premises. Um, but so I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes. But um, so yeah, there's initiation. You soak it in bleach, and you try and just get that um, into culture and not plate it onto a gelled medium. It can be gelled with like a product called Gelzan or a seaweed product called Auger. Um, and normally, you don't really need too many hormones to initiate it because you don't really want to root that plant right off the bat. You know what I mean? You're just trying to get it into culture and have it be sterile. And so um, even if you surface sterilize properly, 
Um, there are a lot of like parasitic endophytes that just live in the plant and a lot of them are bacteria and you'll see these like milky white contaminants that it like erupt out of the cut edge that's sitting in the gel and um, you can't really always stop it. And so like what a lot of people do is they use antimicrobials in the media to kind of make it look like they're doing better than they actually are um, because we've seen it routinely with the work that I've been like watching what my colleagues do is that like they, it happens all the time and you can have it in vitro for um, eight months before it even expresses. And so um, there's uh, actually, you can find them on uh, Google scholar. If you look up cannabis tissue culture contaminants and things like that, there are some public papers that have been published that um, have like categorization, like visual charts to like, point you in the direction of like what type of contaminants you have. And then uh, if you actually get past that initiation stage, then you go on to stage two, which is multiplication. And so at that point, you're going to be replating your initiated plant on a variety of different cytokinins, depending on like what your goal is for that. So if you're taking those and like doing phytohormone research and things like that, where you're just trying to see what the plant's going to do, um, with different additives and chemicals added to it, then you may not want to elongate it that much. It all just really depends on what your goals are. But a lot of people are just looking to multiply plants. And so right now, um, there's this cool dude called uh, Connor Stevens, who's a friend of a colleague of mine. He's out of uh, Cornell University. He recently started a company called Polymorphisms here in California, um, which is a tissue culture lab and like genetic preservation lab. Um, for the commercial industry here. Um, and he identified 2IP publicly as the... Uh, um hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The most productive cytokine to use for sh uh, shoot elongation and multiplication. And so you can actually go and look up his re research. It was actually just published recently. Um, and uh, from that stage, you can either send it off to more multiplication on the same media, or you can then take it and you can try and do meristem cultures on it. Some people like to initiate on meristem. Some people like to do it once it's already in vitro. Um, I, you know, I don't really have a comment on like which one's better, but um, uh, if at that point. If you are rooting, that's when you would take it to the next stage and uh, change the hormones to something like an IBA or an NAA, which are the active ingredients in products like Clonex and uh, Dip and Grow. And uh, you can then root your plant and then wash that gel off and take it ex vitro and grow it. Um, uh, but yeah, there's I've been seeing some really cool stuff like using paclobutrazole um, in cultures. It has... I, I, the research isn't done, so I don't want to speak to it too much, but it's cool. You can try all kinds of different phytohormones. They're all available through Sigma Aldrich and all kinds of suppliers. And, um, that research is pretty still largely unexplored. Like people are doing it privately, but um, you're not going to be able to read about it. And so I'm very interested in just doing very basic research like that, where it's like, hey, I put this many plants under this varying concentration of NAA versus IBA and let's see what they do differently. You know, it's like super, super basic research. Um, but that's how you like develop your own SOPs because nobody's really sharing them. And what I found is the publicly um, researched ones they are um, published that you can read, they don't all work the same and in all environments with all plants. A lot of them are done with hemp, which is not a one-to-one -one correlation with anything cannabis related for um, THC production. And those types of uh, chemo bars or whatever you'd like to call them, type ones. Um, and so uh, I've noticed that they're, they don't really readily work all the time. Um, but um, the way that you really develop these SOPs and like the model to think about it is, is you have to do everything um, 
it's like basic research like plot design and so like you'll have like say i have like 12 plants and they're in or let's say 16 they're in a four by four grid they're all in their little petri dish um i can have it a gradient of like iba on one side so like the bottom left is uh you know like zero micromoles of uh iba so that's the control and then an increasing quantity, one micromole, five micromoles, 10 micromoles. And then on the other axis, you have it um, with like NAA or a different phytohormone. That's cool. You so you're actually using like, you're using kind of like the spatial order to help you index like the different. Yeah. Yeah, the well, gradations. And, yeah. And then you can, everything in between on that axis is the combinations of, and so you can test multiple chemicals and their effects and the combination of their effects all in one little experiment. That I'm takes a fan a square of that. Foot. That's, that's really clever. You can even stack it vertically and go in a third dimension too, and add a third phytohormone, you know, like, or a third treatment of yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you can. I don't know if you can take it to 4D, but <laughs> I guess you could. Yeah, you could have this big, huge grid and having it go all the way up stacked. Um, but yeah, um, it's really fun. I I really enjoy that type of research just because people don't do it and people don't share. But I'm very open with uh, information that isn't you know like contracted away from you guys that I can't share. And so can I um, can I pause you here just to invite questions from anyone else at this stage um yeah yeah like matt local have you had any any uh any interactions with any of these kind of chemicals or experience uh, sure naphthalene acetic acid um indole acetic acid indolbutyric acid they're all basic rooting different different types of rooting hormones um but not in like agar medium stuff like that i've tried it at home and been very very a big a big failure at it because i wasn't like didn't have a fully clean environment i was trying to do it in the house with dogs and shit so yeah. um i don't have a lot of success with tissue culture but i do have a lot of failure uh dealing with tissue culture people for sure i don't know if anybody else has anything yeah. they want to add local anything um, on this yeah not not much like direct experience i've worked like um in collaboration with labs that that have done like dc and shit so like i've seen it be performed i'm familiar with the process and stuff like that but i've never like done it myself um but i'm definitely interested um it's just it's a lot to get into at once um yeah yeah what i've noticed is it it kind of has to be a focus like a the main course for someone and that's why i haven't like deep dived it is like i just i don't really have the time to hang out in my lab in my basement for six hours a day right now like maybe in another year or two i can like start going down that path but um yeah you kind of do need like a project right to frame and constrain what you're doing yeah yeah otherwise you're kind of just holding and making a ton of plants um but I, I really am curious and what I want to get into when I do build my little setup is um, uh, getting into embryo rescue, because I feel like that's going to be like one of the, the key things that's like, if you have these old seeds, like what is the best way that you could possibly do it? Like we were talking about earlier and like the best way is in the hands of a really experienced um, tissue culturist that is like done that research and i don't personally know that person and so um well i, I just like, sent it, some off to someone i just sent someone off some off to someone he's one of the most experienced tissue culture people i know of yeah um so he even he said like I, i'm not sure how far along this is but i'm gonna give it my best shot which when he yeah. says that to me it tells me there isn't anyone like renowned out there for that specifics but i know if there was there were so many breeders that would pay good money have certain old seeds at least attempted to be popped, you know, for sure. Well, and what I see is like people always want to, you have to like sell plants to be the nursery, right? Like that's yeah. like the, the profit motive to like start a tissue culture lab and how you get people to give you money to do that project because it costs yes. an insane amount of money to sure. want to do this sort of thing but at the same time that directly gets in the way of people wanting to give you their oldest 
stuff that actually has provenance because they think that you're going to turn around and use it and profit from it and sell it to other people, maybe against their wishes. And yeah. so like, I think there does need to be room in this space for someone that genuinely is just a preservationist and their little setup is exclusively for genetic holding for specific clients that doesn't ever sell clones. Yep. I agree. And, and that'll, that'll be who's trusted enough for, for serious people to trust them. You know, it would take something like that. Yeah. And that's kind of going to be more the angle of like what I want to do with my work is like, I don't need to make thousands and thousands and thousands of plants. I just want an easier way to hold more good stuff that it's like, yeah. I don't have to water it every day. I can maintenance it once a month, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to see where embryonic rescue goes. I, I, there was a lot of promise about it just a few years ago. People making claims that they could take any old seed and do it with it, but you know, it's it's a lot more complicated than just having an old seed. You have to have living cells in there. It can't be totally, you know, dry stuff like that. So before we get all the questions, um, yeah, you can't do it with any old seed. Not every old seed will do. It takes living cells in it. Matt, are you allowed to disclose from the freezer? <laughs> What's that? Matt, are you allowed to disclose what you set no. off with? No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's cool. Nothing. Nothing about it. Not to who? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I don't have anything old enough, but I think it is something that's like needed in the community and needs to be okay. focused. Dan, I did have another a kind of different angle on this, which is in your experience, like with tissue culture, what have you witnessed as like successes? What have you seen? Uh, like just as far as like techniques and like what's common or like. I just I guess I just want to hear about like some con like some stories, <laughs> some anecdotes. Um, tell, tell my story. You know that one, don't you? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> I'll I'll start like this. There, there's a lot of scammers in TC and cannabis. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that have like the most base level understanding and like accomplishments in it that like want to sell courses and sell you that they're this guy that can hold your whole library and like they've all popped up more recently they're all pretty young cats and like i don't trust any of them yeah like um i know people that like do this um at like a, a doctorate level and they don't claim the things that these other people claim and they've been doing it with cannabis for years like that research takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and um i don't think that it's like hidden knowledge to any extent like maristem culture is just maristem culture um if you've worked in any tc lab you've probably done it on other plants um so um it's definitely totally all possible it's just like whether those people have actually put the legwork in to um teach you how to do and how to optimize for what you're going to interact with in the real world versus their like like there's always one plant that does what you want it to do right like i may yeah. be like rooting a dozen plants on the same media and one will always like do really like pretty well unless it's like some weirdo fucked media but if it's just like a run-of-the-mill like ms media is like the most common one um, then like, there's going to be something that, that responds well to it, but the rest won't, you know? And so that's what I think is happening is that these people find, um, one, uh, uh, recipes and methods that work for one plant in particular, their little like model research plant, so to speak for their growth. Mm -hmm. And then they teach that to other people and they're like, yep, it'll work every time. You know, how do you oh, pronounce you the MS right? word? Oh, Mershelage and Scooge? I can't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I was, I was like, Mershelage and Scooge? Yeah, yeah. How do you spell that? Someone put it in the chat so I can look it up. It's like a Japanese name and then like, yeah. a, a, like a Scandinavian name. Like Mershelage oh, wow. and Scooge. Something weird, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always that. wanted to hear someone pronounce it who actually knows how to pronounce it, but I don't know anybody who knows how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, I have to like look it up. And if I read it, I think I can say it, but <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, look it up. It's like Murashige yeah. and Skoog or Scooge. Yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. That sounds better than my Murashige and Scooge. <laughs> yeah. I had it's an not L on there and it's not yeah. there. <laughs> but that's like all science words, honestly. Like, depending on where you go to school, people like, like, there's no 
accents in English, right? It's just like there's a common way to like say something. And yeah. so um, people will throw like the accent, so to speak, in the weirdest parts of like long, like multi-syllable scientific words. And I think it's so funny because like, um, uh, like heterogeneous, heterogeneous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people that I've heard that said like four or five different ways. You know what I mean? From like professional I, teachers and stuff like that. You I know still what I mean? don't know if it's cannabinoid or cannabinoid. <laughs> I don't know which yeah. is it's a more proper. I think it's cannabinoid, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Cannabis. Nah, when it when it comes to intonation like that, that that is very much like a local thing, I think, a regional thing. Yeah. Yeah, I get like corrected on if you look at like three syllable words, the British and the Americans just like don't do it the same. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like aluminium. Aluminium. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even spelled that way, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like it is water. for us. Is it? Do you guys spell it differently it too? Yeah, we do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, or am I am I am I trolling you? Yeah, you might be. You might be. What was that thing that I tried to? It was about birds. It was about whether birds are mammals. I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to tell you that birds are mammals. It's not hard to put me on that stuff. Dude, I didn't. I had to take specific courses to know that shit in college, and I still don't know it, man. Like, I took a whole mammalogy course that I got like a fucking D. And I was just like sitting there in my senior year and you like had to take an upper division zoology course. And I was like, fuck this shit. I'm a botanist, bro. Like, why do I need to be like memorizing animal skulls exactly. and like all this stupid shit <laughs> just to graduate? All you like, need to know is the monkey and the baboon song. If you don't Google it, all you need to know about monkeys and baboons. I learned it from my grandpa when I was a little kid. As a side note, <laughs> one of my grandpas <laughs> taught me the monkey. The my step grandpa taught me the monkey and the baboon song. If you ever look it up, it, it's more funny uh, when you see the lyrics for it. I'll leave it at that. All right. <laughs> we've gone off the rails. Yeah. Um, I think we're kind of done, guys. Like, does anyone else have anything to add about any of these topics? Edging in general, any broad advice for newbies? I think we this is pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I'd say so. For for at least as far, I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, like we said, <laughs> can can probably break out into like specific things. Like we talked about mother care, and you know, there are probably a couple of other things. Um, actually, this is probably a good time. Like if if there are things that you want us to cover. Um, please leave questions in the comments uh because we read them all i read them like, all i find it so hard to come up with new ideas sometimes so yeah yeah it's, it's we need, we need help sometimes. yeah and some of the stuff like it you know like yeah, i've covered it in past episodes but only so much and like sometimes i'll feel like okay well that's covered no need to do it again but maybe we didn't cover it that well maybe there's stuff that you would like us to talk about so definitely leave that in the comments too because i just assume it's covered fuck it we're done you know well the other thing is that people don't a lot of people don't go back like if if we've got new viewers or new subscribers a lot of the time people may not actually go into the archive um, and just kind of pick it up but there's a lot of good stuff in there yeah. a lot there's some, there's, a, there's some okay stuff. Some of it sucks. So. Dude, there's, there was one guy in the, the last comments from the, the Q&A, and he's like, we know, Dan, we know. And I was like, what the fuck's he talking about? And so I listened back, and I counted, like, fucking, like, it's like 47 you knows that I said. I was like, you know, oh. you know? Oh, man, you got the curse. The curse hit you. Yeah. No, oh, guys, fucking... do you know what's strange? Do you know what's strange? Like, different episodes will have different, like, will have different tendencies as a group. Like if one of yeah. us starts saying like a lot, it actually spreads. I think. Oh, that's me. That's um, me for sure. It's, yeah. it's well, I say too. it a lot too, and local says it a lot too. And I know. I think there was a common comment that was like, "How many likes does it take to get to the center of a podcast?" <laughs> it's such a weird thing that people, multiple people, said it. I'm like, are these guys bots? Like, it's so strange. You just um, said it twice in that sentence. No, we just I talk know, like I'm girls from LA. Yeah, I mean, I'm a literal <laughs> Valley boy. Like, I have every excuse to talk like this. I am from California Valley, Southern California Valley. 
I get to say like fuck them all. <laughs> and by I proxy, you guys all get to do it too. <laughs> I actually knew someone who would like end his sentences with like. I could see that. Yeah, I know people who do that. that I had a friend who would, like, <laughs> I had a friend who would end every sentence with a question. Like, are you? Oh yeah. Are you? Are you sure? Like, here uh, he'd say something, and it would just every everything came off as totally not confident because everything sounded like a question. It's really. You want to go to the store? Yeah. New Zealanders do this a lot. The inflection goes up at the end. It's to kind of like not not seem too assertive or too aggressive, I think. Uh, yeah, I can see yeah. that with the personality of this person. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had to stop myself when I was like, there was like a period of time I was such a NorCal bro that I ended so many sentences with like, you would be like, yeah, but fuck. And I had the Seattle girl. The Seattle girl was like, "Why do you always say butt fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really obvious. Like all our tendencies when I try to do transcripts of shows. And that's just, that's a hot mess. That's a hot mess. I end up hating myself personally <laughs> with all my shit. So, yeah. No, it's been good. It's been good. And like, we're humans. We have glitches and like repeat ourselves in weird ways. Yeah. And if you, if you don't like it, leave a comment and, and then comment <laughs> who you hate the most. Sentence <laughs> structures you hate the most. <laughs> Join us next week on the linguistics podcast. That's right. That's right. Everyone will just say they hate the Brit. Yeah, that fucking Brit, dude. That fucking Aussie guy is didgeridoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault I'm Scandinavian. Yeah, I know. I mean, you were born in Antarctica. It's not your fault. It's where Scandinavia is. <laughs> Scandinavia it sounded is like some a TPB shit. <laughs> he lives in a TPB. All, right. all right, all right. I'm going to I'm going to try to rescue this and yeah, say Yeah, try to attempt. Um, Indoor and Earn might actually cover some of these like uh, grow topics and, and maybe like more practical detail in this series. So keep an eye out for that. Um, they've just started. So if you, if you haven't seen it, it, it has been unfortunately 18 plus. So go and look for that. I'll put it in yeah, the description. It's, good. it's a they really a cool job. one for for newer growers, especially, but you know, for anyone. Um, they've got their own vibe and it's it's sweet. Um, yes, probably the other thing I'll point to is that by this point, when you're listening to this show, We'll have had both uh, both parts of the Shahbad seven oh seven C bank episodes up, so definitely go check those out. Um, yeah, good reveals all, in part two. Good reveals in part two, uh, I believe. So um, things not well known that weren't covered in other shows and stuff uh, with hmm. Shah. So yeah, uh, big big reveals in some cases. Uh, other than that, you know, there's um, lifted genetics, lifted seeds, L LFTD on Instagram. Gert by Seeds in Australia. Um, we have uh, Riot Seed Co. Europe, our good buddy Gold Cut over there for all of our European seed needs. We have riotseeds.com for all your spray seeds, uh, all the Can Illuminati gear, all the Breeder Syndicate gear. We have our Discord with our Patreon, which is really awesome. And uh, yeah, do you guys got anything you want to plug? I did the bar plug first. Uh, booze. 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 So I'll, I'll say something to Booze because yeah. uh, so Booze are good by Seeds uh distribute seeds for us for australia but yes. recently i spoke to booze and he mentioned that um he is open to trying to get stuff to new zealand as well so oh awesome uh, awesome if you're in new zealand you might want to hit him up yeah okay yeah, that's all i got dan local urn you guys got anything you want to uh say get off your chest um, just want to shout out my new uh, reversal spray directly competing with yours. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Listed on your site. Yeah, listed on my site. Farmer Dan's reversal spray to Riot Sex reversal spray. Yep. No, realistically, realistically, what what I'd like to do, because Dan's doing really good work with reversal stuff, and he's actually doing really good experiments. And if his does turn out to be more effective than mine, in a like in a more general sense, as far as applying to more plants, then we will definitely carry farmer Dan's and we'll be doing something with it. Cause it's just the most, most important thing to me. Is not my spray? It's that people get the most effective spray for the best dollar. Cause that's really what's about in the end, you know? And I think Dan's about that too. Yeah. So I'm kind of sure. stoked on no, that. I was, 
I'm going to be trying to just like specialize my stuff in the future too. Like that's kind of the goal is like, it's like, Hey, this is the OG spray, you know, like this is the Z spray. This is the, you know, like whatever, but it's like, we haven't quite gotten there. I've got like a nice general spray, but no, no actual commercial intentions just yet. Yeah. You need, you definitely need a spray. You need a spray for like lady terp, um, lady potency type, uh, strains like Skittles and and Tangy. They they need their own special spray (laughs) because they don't get people high. So. You need special you can't say lady potency dog. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that not allowed anymore? <laughs> for the little girls out there. Yes, for the little ladies. That's what I meant. Yes, the not the, of course not the big ladies. Not saying that all <laughs> ladies are funny big. Is, I've heard a new term for this, which is actually dad weed. Right? Who is it? Dad yeah, that's what I say. Dad weed. Or in the dad. pack pack taught me uh, dad terps for terpenaline. <laughs> those are dad terps bro yeah i fucking yeah. love it because anytime i show a bag of like terpenaline dom stuff to people they're just like oh that's some old school <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes sense dad ter- dad smoke um thank you guys for uh, like helping us again our own local dan yeah thanks yeah. for letting us hang out yeah, I, don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys all said this already, but um, go to Riot Seeds to get your blueberry stuff. That's where the date gear is. It's where everybody's getting the good seeds and everything. So do that if you're looking for them in the United States. Yeah, I guess I don't plug blueberry enough on this show, right? No. <laughs> no I don't think you do. Yeah. I do love it. I do love the blueberry. Shout out DJ Short, even though he probably doesn't like me too much. Shout him out for that. <laughs> And with that, I guess, are, are we done? Local, you got anything? No, nah, nah, I, I don't have any shout outs this time. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> no shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> None. No one deserves it. Shout out my two cats. That, it's been that kind of week for local. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. everyone. Yeah. With that, that ends this week, and we'll see you next week. Uh, same time, same place, same channel. Cheers. Want to sit at the table with the syndicate? Check out our Patreon in our link tree or description below. Our merch site is officially live. We have all sorts of shirts, hoodies, and goodies to sort you out, and shipping is super fast, and most importantly, the quality is top-notch. I've been saving old designs for years for this purpose, so please check it out, syndicategear.com. We also have an underground syndicate discord where we get together and solve old strain history together daily. It's an amazing community of learning away from IG, and it's an amazing resource for old catalogs and knowledge. We hope you join our union of breeders and growers. Come check it out.